0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julia Spare's Moving Markets podcast. It's Thursday, the 15th of February, and my name is Helen Freer. I'll be speaking this morning, first of all, to Bernadette and Anderko about all the latest market news. And Karsten Menka is also on the show today, and I'll be getting his latest thoughts on gold and silver. But we will start with the latest market news. And for that, I welcome Bernadette to the show. Good morning, Bernadette.
1: Good morning, Helen.
0: After Tuesday's market sell-off, which came on the heels of a hotter-than-expected U.S. inflation report, how did markets fare yesterday?
1: European markets closed higher yesterday, Helen, as investors assessed not just incoming corporate earnings, but also those inflation prints in both the U.S. and the U.K., in fact. The pan-European Stock 600 index ended half a percent higher, with tech stocks adding 1%. To lead the gains and most of the sectors and major exchanges advanced yesterday. Mining stocks were the odd one out. Uh, They fell 0.5%. In the US, the S&P 500 index closed up 1% above 5,000 with nine of the 11 sectors positive. The Dow Jones was up 0.4% and the Nasdaq 100 up 1.2%. Lyft shares, aptly named, uh, jumped 35% after the ride-hailing company posted much better than expected earnings for Q4. Airbnb, however, fell 1.7% despite the company beating their revenue expectations in the latest quarter. Shares of Nvidia uh, rose almost 2.5% yesterday, which meant that the chipmaker's market capitalization actually rose above that of the fellow Magnificent Seven-member Alphabets, although that was only fleeting. And to put this in context, this follows Nvidia's roughly 0.2% slide on Tuesday after rising Treasury yields negatively impacted uh, technology stocks. Uber surged 15% after announcing $7 billion US dollars in share buybacks, while Robinhood Markets Inc closed 14% and their revenue topped estimates. Um, I mentioned earlier, UK inflation data held steady at 4. 4% year on year in January. And that was the data that came out yesterday and that undershot expectations and food and non-alcoholic beverages prices have eased there. But the consumer price reading index uh, came out yesterday ahead of the fourth quarter, gross domestic product print, which has literally just come out, saying that uh, GDP fell 0.3% in the fourth quarter in the UK. That's more than the 0.1% drop that economists had forecast. It follows an unrevised 0.1% decline in the previous three months. And that does mean that the UK has slipped into a shallow recession in the second half of 2023.
0: Speaking of recessions, Japan is in the news
1: for that reason this morning, right? That's right, I'm afraid. Japan's GDP for the fourth quarter fell 0.4% on an annualised basis this morning. That's a a big miss from the 1.4% growth that was expected. And it follows a 3.3% contraction in Q3. So as you know, Helen, two consecutive quarters of contraction are widely considered to be a technical recession. High inflation in Japan has doused domestic demand and private consumption in what is now the world's fourth largest economy. Germany has taken the third largest spot. The latest GDP print complicates the case for interest rate normalization for the Bank of Japan Governor Kazuo Ueda and fiscal policy support for Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida. Many in the market are now expecting the Bank of Japan to move away from its negative rates regime at the April policy meeting once the annual spring wage negotiations confirm a trend of meaningful wage increases. Uh, This weaker than expected growth print today suggests high inflation is hurting domestic consumption in spite of the prospect of higher wages and perhaps strengthening the case for looser monetary policy for longer.
0: How have those markets that are open at the moment in Asia fared overnight?
1: Japan's Nikkei 225 saw a late rally. It rose 1.21% to close above 38,150, the first time it's closed above the 38,000 mark since 1990. Uh, The broad-based topics climbed 0.28%. Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index was 0.23% higher, extending gains from yesterday, while uh, the mainland Chinese markets are still closed for the week. The Taiwan stock index jumped as much as 3.5% to hit an all-time high of 18,725 points. This was led largely by gains in the technology sector. Um, Shares of the heavyweight uh, Taiwan semiconductor manufacturing company also hit a record high today, rising just shy of 10% after Morgan Stanley lifted its price target, citing a continued surge in AI demand. Crypto assets joined in with the rally yesterday, didn't they? Yep, the total value invested in Bitcoin surpassed the $1 trillion mark yesterday, reaching an over two-year high. And this followed the debut of the Bitcoin exchange-traded funds in the US last month. Um, The price of Ether, which is the world's second largest cryptocurrency by market cap, also surpassed $2,700 to reach its highest level since May 2022. Investors are expecting the US Securities and Exchange Commission to greenlight spot Ether ETFs uh, coming up this May. All right. So
0: turning to today now, what should investors be looking out for?
1: Well, aside from the continuing earnings results, uh, the data we've got today in the US includes US empire manufacturing, initial jobless claims, industrial production, retail sales and business inventories. And how are we expecting markets to open today? Well, I'm delighted to say it seems to be green screens everywhere. So um, hopefully we're in for a good day. Keep keep my fingers crossed. (laughs) That's Uh it from me, Helen. Excellent. Thank you very much, Bernadette, for the nice roundup this morning.
0: Thanks for having me. Now, Carsten, good morning, firstly, and welcome.
2: Good morning, Helen.
0: Now, the US inflation report published on Tuesday was one of the focus points for financial markets this week. As inflation surprised to the upside, how did precious metals react?
2: Well, indeed, uh, expectations of a continued cooling of inflation have been disappointed, catching those on the wrong foot that had positioned themselves for a first interest rate cut by the U.S. Federal Reserve already next month. The U.S. dollar and U.S. bond yields rose as a result, while gold and silver fell. And back below $2,000 per ounce, gold is now down around 4% from its high in December, while silver is trading more than 13% below that level. These moves expose the vulnerability of gold and silver caused by the dominance of speculative traders in the futures market and the absence of safe haven seekers in the physical markets. Put differently, positioning in the gold and silver markets had been very single-sided for a rapid reversal of US monetary policy.
0: What's our outlook for US growth and US monetary policy and how does this impact gold and silver?
2: Our take on the US economic outlook and US monetary policy is unchanged. We still see a very resilient growth backdrop, which does not require a rapid reversal in monetary policy, despite inflation trending lower. Furthermore, monetary policy is set to remain restrictive, even if the Fed cuts interest rates as currently priced in by money markets. We believe an expansionary stance, i.e. more, even more interest rate cuts, would be required to lastingly change the medium to longer term outlook for gold and also silver. That said, this is unlikely to happen unless the US economy slips into recession. As a result, demand from safe haven seekers in the Western world is still soft and there are no signs of bargain hunting. Holdings of physically backed gold products and silver products or preferred gauges of safe haven demand are recording continued outflows.
0: We've talked about the strength of central bank gold buying before, and I've read about a re-strengthening of gold demand in China. Isn't that enough to offset the weakness of safe haven demand in the Western world?
2: Well, I think the strength of central bank gold buying and also the re-strengthening of Chinese safe haven demand are supporting gold prices on higher levels indeed, but this is not sufficient to drive them even higher. Plus central bank buying has cooled a bit again as of late. So it is not as strong anymore as it was over the course of 2022. And in terms of Chinese demand, I think it makes a lot of sense that the Chinese are returning to the gold market, considering the weakness of the domestic economy and the lack of attractive investment alternatives in the country. So all in all, I think we're seeing a backdrop for gold, which still calls for more downside than upside based on the outlook for US growth and US monetary policy.
0: And what about silver? What's your view there at the moment following the steep correction?
2: I think that downside risks for silver have receded following the recent correction. If you look at the gold-silver ratio, which is around 90, if we consider the recent underperformance of silver versus gold. We think this is at odds with our view of no recession. Um, So the downside for silver is limited, but we do not see a lot of upside either.
0: Very good. Thanks very much, Carsten. Good to get an update from you on this this morning.
2: Thanks very much. You're welcome.
0: Right. So that is all for today. Thanks again to my guests this morning and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show and you haven't yet subscribed, then don't forget to do so. And please also leave us a review on whichever platform you'd like to listen on. And do join us again tomorrow when I'll be back talking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. Have a great day, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliaspair.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information.
1: Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer, we would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.